Hey guys, my name is Katie Brooks and I hope you're ready for another episode of Think Bigger Grow Wealthy Podcast. I love real estate, I love economics, I love financing, and that's exactly what you're going to get. Stay tuned and let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the Think Bigger Grow Wealthy Podcast. My name is Katie Brooks and today I'm here with my husband, Michael. Hi everybody, my name is Michael Brooks and it's a pleasure to talk with you guys. Yeah, so today we're just going to talk about relationships and how much they have an impact on starting a business, maintaining a business, and being successful throughout. Um, I think that we have benefited greatly from having each other and being able to bounce back ideas and keep each other accountable and on top of the tasks that we need to be on top of when going throughout this business. So I'm just happy to have my husband here. And he can kind of give his perspective from a male perspective and kind of just, yeah, just like show you guys the benefits of truly having a partner there that you trust and that you can work with and that will ultimately get you to success faster. Yeah, and being in a stable relationship really makes a huge difference. I know personally for me being from the guy aspect, not having to run around, date, do all those things, it's a real big distraction from your work and, you know, having a spouse, a partner that you trust and love makes a world of difference when you're just thinking about business and work, you become a lot more focused and clear on what you need to do. And a lot of people take that for granted or don't realize the benefits of having a person like that in your life, like like you were talking about Mm -hmm. that accountability factor. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people today who rightfully so don't see marriage as a good value whether it is a man's point of view saying that you know the chances for divorce are so much higher you're gonna get you know messed over in court and pay child support alimony etc or you're a woman seeing the the lack of value in it because you know he did you wrong left you and now you're a single mother with a couple kids so we're going to talk about some um just some strategies that you know you should start looking at and thinking about when you're looking for a potential dating partner and then also too if you're already in a relationship or married just some advice that you know to keep your marriage on track and you know we don't want to see people getting divorced or um, separating you put the time and effort into each other if it's a healthy relationship you know we don't condone you know any type of you know physical mental abuse or anything like that um, those situations you know you need to get yourself out so what's what's something that you you know that you would advise for at least young women um, going on dates for the first time okay well women is different I think women is far easier um, because well, you just give the woman's perspective. I'll give yeah, 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 yeah. So, for women, I think the main thing is the guy's ability to be what you want him to be. Um, but you have to have that established. So that means you have to know what you want going into the relationship and lay it out flat. You'll be able to have that conversation in the first or two dates, or maybe even in like that texting stage. You'll be able to know right away whether or not this person is someone that is going to be able to fulfill what you want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, we kind of had that, like, our first date. <laughs> yeah, and just some background, like, when we first met, I was very taken back, but also very happy and surprised. Like, she came right out and said, I'm looking for a husband. I'm dating with intent. I want somebody who is 
you know, these criteria, like boom, 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 boom. And it was refreshing as a man just to be like, okay, cool, like a standard. Here's a, you know, manual. Do this, success. And I appreciated that. And I think a lot of guys would. Um, for guys out there, be direct, be forward. Don't waste your time playing around with these girls that want to play games and, you know, oh, well, I'll text them this day and I won't. And just that's a waste of your time. That shows a lack of maturity in the person. And the other thing is, too, just, you know, be selective on where you're going to source your dating. So, you know, there are some online dating sites and, you know, those might be beneficial for some people, but just get out there. I would avoid things that are, you know, mainly hookup sites like Tinder. That's yeah. the <laughs> the person and the mentality that's going into a platform like that is not necessarily looking for commitment and uh, we're all about commitment and long term and we do that with everything that we do, including real estate. Mm-hmm. No short flips. Well, yeah. Because that's important. Like you, every time you go through the process of going through the dating, the being together, the falling apart, starting over and start, you're just pushing your your level of success back. You know what I mean? Because now you're having to to go through this process again with somebody new and learn somebody new. Or if you're not vetting them right now, they're hindering you from the things you need to do because they don't understand what your values were, what your focus is and what you're going after. So you're just hindering you from getting to that next step. Yeah, I think it's really good to be picky and choosy. Think of it like this. Say you had a bunch of money but there's some government restriction out, right? And it said, hey, you can only buy one vehicle your entire life. You're only allowed to purchase one vehicle per person your entire life. Well, that would make a huge difference in your vehicle selection Mm -hmm. because if you're somebody who's thinking about, hey, maybe I wanna have kids or I need to bring gear around or you know, maybe I'm into outdoor camping, you know, the young you might think, oh, well, the two-door sports car sounds fun. Well, the two-door sports car is not going to get you and your kids to the beach. It's not going to be able to go out camping. There's just a lot of things that you wouldn't be able to do. So it would make you really think about your choices. Like, okay, you know, what type of vehicle should I purchase? And not to relate women to vehicles, but men should be really picky about that. Is a, you know, is this girl fun for the time? You know, if you're going just off looks, there's a lot of guys who just think very short term on that. And um, they get involved sexually with women. This happens in a lot of adult mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. And they're not necessarily fully committed to her. And she's not necessarily fully committed to him. And then they bring a child into it. Mm-hmm. So that's a very dangerous thing in itself and then the other thing that we talk about too it's talked a lot about in christianity is you know you're giving yourself up intimately to somebody that you're not meant to be with you're giving a part of your soul your soul ties to other people now men have less difficulty with this this is documented with getting over those physical intimate relationships but it's far more difficult for women and women carry those things actually far more years into their next relationships so ladies you know be really picky about that you know if a guy's not willing to wait for you he's not going to be sticking around when there's a baby and it's difficult not going to be sticking around at 
three o'clock in the morning when you know you need him to get up and help you with the baby just real world things you got to think about you got to be very selective in that and men will respond to the market like if the women start making demands and changes men will start changing their attitudes and Mm -hmm. thought processes but right now you have an abundance of women that are just giving themselves out freely with no repercussions out there to the market and men are kind of having free reign and like ladies you need to understand like it's a competitive market but the consumer is the male audience um you know we don't have much of a uh, ticking time clock on our reproductive system there's men that are you know well into their 70s and 80s and still having children unfortunately the case isn't true for women and then the other competitive factor is you know, you always have a new, fresh batch of women coming into adulthood that men have options to. So every single year, there's a new group of 18-year-old, 19-year-olds, you know, coming in and competing in the market for men. And they're not just dating 18 and 19-year-olds. There's 18, 19-year-olds that like older men. Uh, you ladies should know that. They're, yeah. They like financial stability. They like. Right? They're seeing what that man has, so mm-hmm. they don't have a problem, you know, dating up. And most women don't. And men date down, women date up mm-hmm. if they're looking for their yin and yang. So women are looking for the stability, and men are looking for someone that is going to reproduce, not someone that's their age. <laughs> well, not only that, though, too, women tend to be a lot more mature at a younger age Mm -hmm. which is beneficial for them with finding that older man because Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want someone who's going to act like a kid not all 18 19 year olds are like that Mm -hmm. i think there's far less maturity in today's age um than there was you know 10 15 20 30 years ago and then the other factor ladies you have to worry about men are finally starting to wake up and realize it's like wait a minute i can date or, you know, if I want to get married, I can meet somebody who's foreign because these foreign ladies, the ones from other countries, you know, they they haven't necessarily been Americanized. You know, heavy feminist movements, these type of things. These men are typically looking for women with, you know, more traditional values. And it's not, you know, get in the kitchen and make you a sandwich values. It's knowing that hey i'm going to take care of my husband and he's going to take care of me because we each have to play to our strengths like my wife is very strong in other aspects and then i'm stronger in other aspects and so we balance each other out there's no you know we're just equal in everything and we contribute together like that Mm -hmm. doesn't like if you had equal abilities they just don't stack on top of each other and make you somehow better you use your strengths and my strengths together yeah and if they happen to be gender specific, that's not because of some sort of inequality. Yeah, or like oppression. Like it just happens to be there are biological influences as well, and people mm-hmm. forget that and they think everything's just culturally influenced, and that's not true. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing too is that women want traditionalism, but it's hard to find that when they're obviously being fed a different uh, rhetoric and a different narrative. Like even what you said about like, oh, women um, being 18 and getting married and things like that. Like obviously I was 18 when we met and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, when we started dating and 19 when we got married. And and like I said, I I knew what I wanted and we kind of came together on that. But that is not most (laughs) 18-year-olds. Yeah, Um, and like when I had met you, 
you know, I was, you know, like, oh, okay, she's 18. But your age factor didn't even really come to my mind because it was the way you carry yourself, your confidence, and the fact that, like, you didn't talk like a young teen. You talked like a, a mature woman who said these things and came off like, hey, here are the things that I want and I need. So I don't even look at you or, or talk to you in a way that's, hey, you know, you are this age and I am older. Like, but you see that a lot, like, especially now, um, you see a lot of people saying, oh, well, guys want younger girls because they want to be able to control and oppress them and just have a little, um, I don't know, you know what I mean? Someone they can just control and mold and just make a little I Love Lucy. And it's I, like, I think that that line, though, I feel like that's a false narrative. It I, is. I think that that's a false narrative that older, bitter <laughs> women are putting out. Because they're upset because they realized that, you know, their product value, you know, you look at, you know, the value of something is less valuable to these younger women because men have choices in that successful men. And women are always out there saying, oh, I want the, the six figure, the high dollar value man. I need this, 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 this. Well, you know, if you're 35 and no kids... Another 35-year-old male, highly successful, isn't necessarily looking at a woman who's the same age or older, mm -hmm. especially if he's looking to settle down. You know, men get in these ultra-competitive markets. We go, okay, work, 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 work. We build ourselves up to a certain position, and then it's, all right, they have a life event, something changes. They go, it's time for me to have a family. When men get into, I want to have children, they're not looking at the 35, 40-year-old person that's the same age as them. They are going to date down. We are very aware of, you know, there are different biological effects on women. There's more reproductive issues at later ages, um, more risk for um, health defects with the children, and, like, we're aware of the medical information just as much as the women are. Mm -hmm. And we're not blind to it. So it's like, hey, a 20-something-year-old girl or woman is going to be far more likely to have a healthier child than, you know, my counterpart 42-year-old woman that is the same age as me. You know, am I going to have to spend 60 grand or more on vitro and, you know, going through things and... Maybe I'll be limited to one child. Yeah, like I can't have multiple. I would yeah. probably be the, lucky if I have like one or two. Yeah, the the time frame just isn't there. You know, that's where we are with technology and medical advancements. But that's you know, besides that, like there's yeah. just the time. There's just a time clock on those mm -hmm. things. And like most women right now, like just literally, they can't even get like because of how twenty year olds are one being taught that they need to be right now they couldn't even imagine like to them it's like the picture of the old guy with the 20 year old bimbo and it's just like oh yeah that's what you want because like i said like there's just this this power thing that they feel men are always trying to uphold and they feel it in like when guys they see guys date down like that they, they just want to assert their power and be oppressive so i think for women right now a lot of people don't know, like I, I didn't get taught about how to be a wife or how to, you know, find a good husband. I kind of just 
Jesus, God, <laughs> discernment, things like that. I knew right from wrong and I had my intuition that led me to like, okay, yeah, my husband is gonna be my husband. Like I made the commitment to marry my husband before I even knew he was saved. And that was because I prayed to God when we were engaged that he would bring Michael to him and he did. And I didn't see that play out until maybe six months into our into our marriage. And that was just something that, you know, faith and waiting and just knowing that it would happen. Mm-hmm. And um, confirmation for me from God, like, hey, I got that. We got the direct line. We got the direct line. So that's 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 how you know it builds your faith and it builds your trust in God. But people aren't getting taught that, and people are only people are taught obviously from their phones and TV. That's how they go about life. No one's actually ask, asking hard questions to people like, "Hmm, I'm only getting this type of person. So how do I attract the opposite type?" Because then that puts a kind of mirror on them to be like oh am i not good enough for this type of guy like you know what i mean and people don't want to have those difficult conversations and it's very hard for women to go and ask those questions to other like say a single single girl is would probably not ask a married woman what did you do to get married because it comes off too trying and Mm. it comes off too like oh you know like i mean like against the narrative of like why do you want to do that like you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's hard too because the thing is, it's so hard to look at anybody's marriage, you know, even us, mm-hmm. f- face value and go, okay, like, you know, they have exactly what I want. I mean, like, not to get into too much details, yeah. but like any marriage, we've had, you know, our fights, our ups and downs, and nothing's ever been perfect. And mm-hmm. it just takes, you know, a little bit of work at it. But I think conversations like this amongst married people talking candidly about, you know, things like this is good for, you know, the single people out there Mm -hmm. to kind of realize, you know, okay, here's what I have to do. And I think um, what it really comes down to is, you know, critical thinking. You need to have perspective and you need to have a perspective on yourself. Mm -hmm. So you need to, you know, take the ability to do some self-evaluation and really see where you are. As an individual and a person, I can tell you when you're not in the right relationship, and this had happened to me before I was in a, I was in something for a number of years with somebody that I shouldn't have been with, and that didn't work out for me. It's actually set me back quite a bit, um, financially, mental health, physical, and all those things. So any guy out there before or girl, that's been in a bad long-term relationship, you'll understand exactly where I'm coming from. Your personal growth as a person, meaning you don't feel like you've changed at all from week to week. There's no real mental development. You're not advancing in any type of way. You just kind of feel flat and stagnant. Mm -hmm. That's a sign of you needing to make a life change, a career change. Or there's something going on with your your relationship. Now, if you're married and you're feeling like that, you need to talk with your spouse and partner and get yourself back on track and get each other back on track because that could be really bad signs. You know, for me, I was in a bad relationship. I wasn't with the right person. I jumped and rushed into something. Young military guy, right out of basic, you know, first duty station, making those type of mistakes. And you get with the wrong person and that that happens. 
There's thousands and thousands of stories of guys doing that, and then you're set back, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, fines, fees, whatever you have to deal with, with that. And that is a really scary thing for men because we talk to each other. And we also have experiences if you grew up in a family that had divorce in it. So you see what happens to the dad in the situation. So you're, you're mindful of that. Men are very hesitant to get married. And even more so now to Western women. There's a big discussion amongst men's groups and younger men about not marrying an American woman because... They're too versed in the legal system here in the United States, mm -hmm. and there's already a alternative play for you as a woman and for a guy. I think that the difference is when men kind of go into relationships, like I can only speak from my perspective, mm -hmm. but we're not going into a marriage slash relationship with an end goal in mind of like, okay, you know, if this doesn't work out, I've got some cash stowed away or, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take her for half or, you know, there's all this stuff I can get out of her first. There is a lot of women. First thing that they're thinking about is, Hey, in case this doesn't work out, I have backup plan, routine, 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 mm -hmm. routine. And that shouldn't, you shouldn't be thinking like that. Your marriage is a commitment. It should be a life commitment. And because of legal measures and things that we have, it's made way too easy and there's a greater incentive for women to, you know, divorce. Leave. Yeah, leave. I mean, for most case, they're going to get the children. If the man made any type of money, a decent amount, that's alimony, like already set up, the legal system is really structured to protect women. And it's because of, you know, in the past when women didn't necessarily have the same rights, mm -hmm. um, there wasn't as many women in the workplace education rates were far lower it was a heavily male dominated thing if a man decided to leave a wife and that was mostly the case back then then what would happen is you know the woman is left a pariah she's you know single mother at that point nobody wants her and it's extremely difficult for her to get around and the government came in and said hey we're we're going to have an issue with all these single women out here not able to take care of their kids and it could cause major societal issues and we need to take care of these uh, women and children and put laws in place and you know kind of balance things out. Mm -hmm. The problem is there's been no adjustment or change to that in the modern era. As equality has slowly started to happen because now we're at a place where women can go to school they can work whatever job they want they can do whatever they want mm -hmm. without the need for male guardianship like before mm -hmm. and it should be adjusted it shouldn't it shouldn't be they're able to do everything and get everything on their end and still get half of the man's <laughs> yeah if they leave and you know when they look at it because there's always been this talk about like you know women make less than men and you know there's there's a lot of talk about that like you don't you know, account for a lot of things like men work more work more dangerous jobs and you don't include the men in the factors of you know working overtime working the extremely dangerous jobs and you don't include the things like the highly lucrative stem fields that men just tend to favor more than women mm -hmm. women actually make 
way more money and have higher levels of education and do better in school and performance academically than men do. Like colleges and universities are highly dominated by women today. So like there's plenty of opportunity and you know I would say that the equality is far outreached and you know it's there. It's just you know not trying to get you know super like digging in on it but you know there's far more advantages for a woman now to divorce than for a man you know if a man says hey I'm going to divorce he's already looking at you know 50% cut in everything he's made whether or not she had anything to do with it in the first place this could have been years of him working and building up his own company all by himself and then the children really get kind of held hostage in that situation because at that point there's no real reason for you know in that relationship for that woman to remain any type of you know positive way towards that man no one just gets divorced because they want to it's not like a oh we're still friends and buddies you know we hang out on the weekends like <laughs> i think there's like those few weird cases where that happens but yeah where they're still messing around yeah <laughs> yeah or there's a desire to still yeah on like, one party yeah stick around and just see if something something changes you know be their shoulder to cry on when the next guy breaks your heart but what's interesting though i was reading and said the day divorce rates drastically decrease once you get into incomes above two hundred and fifty thousand dollars it drops down to about 20 percent well yeah but when you look at incomes above 250,000, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part, if you have if you're bringing home $60,000 a year. And now this metric number is probably going to change to inflation that we experience, but for the most part, you're not any more happier than the guy making a million dollars a year. But when you do get into those higher income levels at 250,000 or more, what you start to see is there's less of a financial burden on families and on couples, and there's more time for relaxation and leisure, and you're maybe not stuck to that nine to five type grind. Because I would literally say pretty much anything under 80,000 a year is one of those, you're gonna be working your butt off type jobs. Once you get above that pay bracket, that level right there, that's where you start getting people that have those Know, really cushy positions or they've got some sort of investments so they're not necessarily like glued right to their work and overstressed out jobs and work work schedules and you know the scarcity of income of resources causes huge stresses within the household mm -hmm. uh, we've seen it during the pandemic and now with things coming on with shortages of supplies and goods there's going to be a really a real tough situation for a lot of folks because they're gonna try to go out and buy things and realize hey they're way more expensive they're gonna realize that their income doesn't go as far they're not gonna be able to even get a hold of things you know Christmas and the holidays they're already warning folks in the news like hey you're not gonna be able to get your toys if you haven't even ordered them say months ago you know you can't go and put things on layaway because there's nothing to put on layaway for the folks that use that. Those options are gone. It's gonna be a pretty bleak Christmas just because of supply issues and inflation and you know all these financial things that happen. 
And that can already put a lot of stress on an already stressful, you know, marriage relationship. Yeah. And one of the leading causes of divorce in the United States for the last, was it like 30, 40 years has been financials. Mm -hmm. Like money not in order, somebody spending too much, not having their finances together causes a lot of heartache and, you know, problems because a guy by himself, you know, hey, I've been managing my finances for 10, 15 years and I've never had any issues and I've, I've always been good. And as soon as I got married to you, you know, all of our money just went away. And what happened is it starts becoming the blame game. That's why I saw this uh, little uh, TikTok reel the other day. And it was this woman who she had like this um, Starbucks coffee. And she she was like dancing around and she was like, oh, my husband told me to lay off the coffees because it's eating into our budget. And she literally had the coffee and she poured it into another cup and she was just like, oh, he'll never know. And I'm just like, that's cute. But it's not cute. It's, <laughs> it's cute, but it's like you're the female, you're the one, you're the mother, the woman in the situation. Why? That's kind of like a child, like you're a teenager saying like, OK, well, I'm just going to get the. I wouldn't even give it as a the, teenager. The dress anyways, and I'm going to hide it from mom and dad. That's, like, that's, that's like so a... childish. And it's like, it, it makes mm. her look bad, but she thinks it looks cute because she's just like, oh, yeah, my husband just pays for everything. Yeah, but if your husband is saying, we need to cut back on the Starbucks, drink coffee at home, then obviously there's a reason there. And she thinks it's cute, but that's an argument for later down the road because he's like, why are you still buying Starbucks still, coffee? Yeah, because... <laughs> Obviously, you know, if they have any type of shared finances or anything else like that, he's going to see the, the bills yeah. and the receipts and he he's going to be like, oh, what is this $30, $40? Because you're never going into Starbucks and spending under $10. No. It's, it's, a, it's drink. a drink and something to eat. So it's, it's a drink like $12 and, right yeah. there. Yeah. And, you know. Some girls go every day. And they do. And <laughs> they wonder why they get fat. They wonder why they have, you know, the skinny fat where they're just, you know, not is fit and tone and i'm like you're drinking uh you might as well go to the 7-eleven and drink a big gulp it was funny they had a um a mocha frappe and then they had a 12 thing of donuts the 12 thing of donuts had less sugars grams of sugar overall than one venti mocha frappe from starbucks yeah and so i can eat 12 donuts and still be a lot better than eat than drinking that mocha frappe <laughs> you know and these are the same folks that will sit there and complain about you know like oh i only eat you know vegan organic or oh i go to whole foods and i spend you know three times the amount for a regular produce than going to like a farmer's market with like locally grown things uh, something that we do or go to a local butcher or you it's know far cheaper it's, it's far cheaper you get you're getting your stuff you know locally produced but the amount of crap that's in these things is just insane and it's detrimental to your health but that's a whole other topic <laughs> the, the thing is you know people have their vices and their things and it's like the which you mentioned in that it's it's a failure of kind of like a lack of respect for him because if he's saying hey you need to lay off you know the drinks it's you know for the guy point of view maybe there's a better way of saying it so you need to come at your wife in a different way i found this to be true like you can't be demanding or bossy like hey honey you need to stop 
drinking all these Starbucks coffees, you know, they're expensive. She's not going to necessarily understand that just from saying that. It's a, hey, I don't think these things are very healthy. Let me present some facts and information to you. You know, I want you to be healthier. I want you to live longer, all those type of things. And I want you to look better. I mean, let's let's be real about it. Men don't want to be with somebody who lets themselves go. Women don't want to be with a man who lets himself go. So if you have that established rate in the get-go, like, hey, I'm going to maintain my my physical appearance as best as I can. We are going to age. It is normal. You are going to throw on a little bit of weight. Your body and hips and things may change when you have children, but you've had two children so far and your weight has not changed that much and you've maintained really good physical appearance. And it's not just because of some magical diet or, you know, really good genetics. Trust me, trust me, like your family. (laughs) No, it is a you work out and we don't eat crap type things. And these are things that people don't talk about in relationships. Guys, you let yourself go too. You know, as much as you would fix yourself up for a first date with some hot girl that you meet when you're younger, you should be doing the same thing and caring about your appearance for your wife every single day. She will appreciate that just as you will appreciate her getting dressed, putting on makeup and being dressed, even though she's not going out anywhere. We need to get out of the culture of bonnets, hair caps sweatpants and you know just walking around in our underwear all day in the house and actually being dressed and being ready to go at a moment's notice but back to the financing part of that like i think that's you know the starbucks thing is a great example of how people in marriages aren't communicating Mm -hmm. with each other on their finances because the amount of money and time that's dumped into say something like a starbucks meal is literally the same level of like addiction that they'd always talk about with the cigarette ad campaigns. Oh, you're spending 10 bucks a day on cigarettes and this and this and that, and you're killing yourself. Well, you're drinking the sugary water drink (laughs) with the caffeine and all the other things in it that are damaging to your blood vessels and your, you know, liver and all these other things that has an effect on. So you're doing quite a bit of harm to yourself You're doing that every single day. It's money down the toilet that you're not getting for crap food. And you're spending such an exorbitant amount. It's literally at the same level as, you know, cigarettes. And they always showed like, oh, look, you could have five, ten thousand $10,000 at the end of the year. So just imagine somebody who's going through a financial situation where they're tight for money one month or they're having issues from month to month or they wish they had some extra money for investing. You know, if you took a couple of years and if you're somebody who's just working a nine to five and not realizing, you could set aside, you know, within a couple of years, oh, look, we have an extra $25,000 mm-hmm. just sitting here. What could that potentially be used for? There's a lot. We're, we go into about how very little money that you actually need to start getting into real life changing multifamily investments on this channel is something that we talk about. Uh, We talk about love and relationships, but the amount of capital needed to get into properties is very, very minimal if you know how to um, debt leverage and structure. And like our lives, we were both two military veterans, you know, out of the military, not a lot of money. (laughs) Like 
little bit of VA disability money and was like, okay, cool, what are we going to do? Because we could have just chose to sit on our butts and do nothing and live out of a shack. But we go on trips, we have great quality life, we could spend every day with our children, and we don't need or want for anything because we've been able to structure our money and our debt in a way that it will pay for all of our needs and our wants. And then you can just rinse and repeat. So, yeah, that's important. And again, like I see those little TikToks all the time and it's, it's just it's just so not cute because if you can't do it with Starbucks, you won't do it when he says stop getting your nails done because we need to save. You're not going to stop getting the highlights done because he needs to save. You don't even do it with Starbucks. You don't even do it with a $10 meal. You're not going to do it for the big stuff. And then that's how, again, financial issues in relationships lead to divorce and bad things. And it's like, you can't even do it with the little stuff. That's just like anything in life. You can't even do it with the little things. You're not going to do it with the big things. And when the big things happen and he has to come and talk to you about that, now it's a big argument. Well, that it also kind of shows too, like just from the way you explained it, it shows a lack of respect for her husband because it's a, hey, my husband asked me to do this and I'm going to completely do the opposite and lie to him. And if you had say flipped it around to a situation say it was the guy saying hey my wife asked me to stop i don't know video games buying video (laughs) well buying video games asked me to stop smoking Mm -hmm. asked me to stop being on you know this is a big one for you guys asked me to stop being on instagram or any of these other platforms and looking at other women right there's a lot of hypersexuality in that and the guy's like oh well i installed this app on my phone and she'll never be able to see no, it looks like a camera but when you click in it it's something else yeah and here's all the other photos and things that i see of other women and things like that mm-hmm. that is a disrespect and i guarantee those people don't feel good inside because you're lying and deceiving the person that's supposed to be as close mm-hmm. to you as anyone else that's supposed to be the person who's willing to jump in front of a bus for you. That's supposed to be the person who's willing to get shot or God forbid you're in a hospital and you need like, you know, an organ or something like that. Like, Hey, I need a kidney. And I'm like, there's no one around. And like my kidneys are failing. You're a tissue match. I'm giving you my kidney. I'm not letting my wife die. I have a perfectly good kidney. Like sign me up, doctor, put me under. And those are the kind of things, the help, the accountability, the consideration for you, you consideration for him, that's that's the kind of thing that's going to, you know, make you guys successful and make you, you know, happy. I'm not saying that absolutely need to get married because, you know, we were talking to some people the other day and it came off like, oh, why are you telling people that they have to be married? They don't have to be married. I only advise that you do if you want to be single or you're not going to make marriage a priority make sure that you secure yourself financially meaning don't go and just be a teacher being a teacher is not going to be enough it's not going to generate enough income to get you to the end of life the system is set up system financial system all these things are set up to for two-person households and so you need to make two-person income Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of thing. If you don't want to make that a priority, that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Everyone can live their life the way they need to. But that also means that you have more responsibility to make good choices because literally your life depends on it. How you live, 
how you live in retirement is a direct consequence of what you do now. And going and saying, I want to be a dance teacher because I really, really, really love it is not going to cut it. Yeah, I would say I would say this to that because I don't want to crush people's like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to be like a chef or I really have a passion for this. Maybe it's like I really want to open up my own bake shop or mm -hmm. whatever the goal may be. Those are perfectly fine mm -hmm. things to have. However, like you were saying, in the two-person the two person household, when you have good financial balances and things like that, what's one thing that most couples do when they come to a good financial balance impasse in their life? They start investing. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people that we bump into in investment circles and things like that are older couples mm -hmm. who are well-established together and they start investing. So when they see younger people like us doing that, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, you guys did something really amazing because, yeah, we decided to basically, I don't know, skip the line, not wait until we're in our 60s mm -hmm. to start doing that and did that right away. So that's something to keep in mind. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can really start heavily investing into real estate and that can set you up. You don't need to have 300 units. You could be somebody that says, you know what, maybe I have five or six smaller apartments that I rent out and that these apartments pay me enough residual income every single month to meet all my needs. So I can go to college, I can go to school, I can study whatever I want to do, I can open up my business and I know that I have a, an additional source of income that's taking care of me and that I can rinse and repeat this income at any time if I want to expand and grow it and still have that I can do whatever I want type money. This is really important for people to understand because we have an ability right now, we're going away for the next five months out of the country, going to be traveling around all over Europe, Mexico, and just enjoying life. Not many people get to say, hey, I can just leave my job for five minutes. They can't. They're bound to that work. And that gives you an option. It also gives you an option, too. You're not going to be a person who's stuck working for somebody that you don't want to work for. There's too many people trapped doing something that they have zero passion for. And they feel like they're underappreciated and don't get paid enough. That's why you see there's a... There's a truth about it um, or some statistical information I should say that Millennials and it's even worse for Gen Zers don't even stay in job employment for more than two years mm -hmm. they don't stay at any location for more than two years and the numbers are going down so they'll be at a place for a few months year whatever and they'll get up and move and go to another location so they employers know this you guys are the new demographic of people coming in Long-term benefits in those things are just not built into it. And there's less and less of a mentality for younger people to save any type of money for retirement and less of a mentality for people to decide to settle down, get married, and have children. So with not having a marriage, you talked about you, know, you don't necessarily need to be married. Mm -hmm. At some point, though... We are social creatures and we need companionship. So whether you get married or you have a long-term partner, whatever the case may be, 
um, you're going to want to have somebody within your life. You know, men typically are going to desire to have a woman to be with them. Nobody wants to be the single bachelor their whole, whole life. It's depressing. It's sad. And the same for women, too. Like, women don't want to be the, the cat lady down the street. Yep. You know, here's that crazy lady with all the cats. You know, she's got no kids and lives alone. You see that growing up and you think that's weird and it inherently strikes you. It's like, oh, stay away from that. You don't want to grow up into that. So if you're not in a place for a relationship or there's things that you need to work on, that's fine. Work on that. For those who are older and wanting relationships, there is an upward battle for sure. If you don't have you know, finances, fitness, all these things because you're competing with the younger market of people. Um, there's no getting around that and you can't look at anything that anybody tells you as a 100% negative thing because if you have that type of mentality you know tune out now because you know whatever we're saying is not going to work for you but if you do have a positive mindset on these things you can look at anything that's given to you any type of information and go how can I work that you know I look at it like that there's a show I like watching because it's very interesting. It, it speaks on a lot of things other than just cooking. It's called Chopped, right? And Chopped, they give them a ton of crap ingredients and one good thing out of the ingredient. And they say, hey, make me a gourmet meal out of this and go. And you're on a time crunch, right? That is the perfect analogy for what most people get out of life. You get one, maybe two good things that are really good in your life. And you get a whole bunch of crap you got to somehow make that into something that's worthwhile. And if you sit there defeated, you're just going to be like, well, here's the crap and I just got to deal with it and cry about it. And then all the hustlers around you will start making amazing things and working around you. And, mm -hmm. you know, you start getting left behind in the dust. And at the at certain segments of the show, there are people who get chopped. Boom, you're out the show. No chance for the prize money. That is real life. There's no one to catch you. If you get chopped out, you're at the end. You have missed your opportunity and you have missed your ability to advance up. Now, wonderful, beautiful thing with like real estate, things that we talk about, you can do this at any age. It doesn't matter where you are, where you're at in your place of life, mistakes you've made, your records, doesn't matter. There's always an opportunity for real estate. And yeah, so when you start having that mindset, you start looking at things differently. Like I would have never thought like, oh, a show like Chopped <laughs> has a whole deeper metaphorical reasoning behind it, mm -hmm. but it does. And I'm sure it causes them to think like very critically about like when they look at certain things. Because sometimes they give them gross stuff too. You like, like gross here's ingredients. yeah, like here's squid and chocolate. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they make an amazing dish with <laughs> mm -hmm. it. So, but that's another thing too. I remember when I was younger, I think it was like right before, I was probably like 16 or 17, and I was listening to this church sermon, and it was perfect, but I didn't even realize the true meaning of it until like now, so like eight years later. But just saying that suffering is a normal part of life. That is a normal part of life. You're never going to get around having some type of suffering in your life, mm. ever. So... 
I hope I've gone through all my suffering. Well, no, we're gonna go through. We're gonna go through things that challenge us. We're gonna yeah. go through suffering, whether it be, you know, trying to figure out things with family, or say you come across a situation with your health, or say you come across a situation where you just lost your job. There's gonna always be tragedies in life. Mm-hmm. That's you're never gonna get past that. But the way to get through that is to have some sort of purpose, to have some sort of of, of meaning to your life that drives you because if it's just if you're just a wayward person flowing in the wind then yes those life tragedies will get to you and then that's why you have depression and anxiety and worst of all suicide because there is no other meaning to you know in comparison to what this person just lost or what this person just went through so suffering is not a part of life if you're going through something that's bad it's normal you have to be able to find purpose in it or dig down and have to realize your purpose and that you are meant for something else and something greater and that God created you to be something great. And he has etched a purpose into every single person on this earth. Believers, not believers, saved, unsaved, everyone has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so once you kind of get out of that, you can start processing. In my opinion, I think it's easier to process, you know, I feel resentment. So how do I work through this resentment? Or what am I resentful against? Start just build, really working on yourself. Yeah, I didn't really understand that until that sermon at 16 or 17. So I got older and been through some things. Michael's been through some things. But in comparison to our life now, those things don't even seem as bad as they were when I was in the middle of it. Like you were living in your car with two dogs. But well, I didn't have them with me. Well, no, you didn't have them with you. But no, you but were living in your car, like, at one point, at one yeah. short stint. Yeah. And it's that like... Sucks. Yes, it sucked. But in comparison to your life now, imagine if you were miserable right now and you thought back to that. You'd be like, my life has always sucked. I've always been a yeah, happy it's, person. Yeah, it's, But it's like you're experiencing so much happiness now and you actually know how to, you know... And this you, is something you, we've went through together, being mm-hmm. married, actually knowing how to deal with your feelings and navigate them you don't fall into a pit of despair and be like oh this is just as horrible as when i was in my car living in my car like no you go okay this is what it is and you have someone there that there to help you out be be fully appreciative of you yes. know the things that you have it's Gratitude like is the best cure for resentment and bitterness don't be that guy that's like oh i went to this steak restaurant and they they only had, you know, ribeye, and I really wanted New York Strip, and, you know, they were out of that, and it's just like, oh, life is so terrible, I couldn't have a New York Strip steak tonight, and it's, it's like, you get to go out and spend $75 on a steak at a dinner at a restaurant and not be worried about that, I'm like, you know, there's things to be upset about, for sure, but, like, really? Like first world problems? First world problems. And that's when most people have first world problems. Some people have really serious things. But again, you can't be bitter and resentful in a state of gratitude. It reminds me of those, like, those lame TikTok videos of like people like, oh, I can't stand my Tesla or my other 100,000 whatever type vehicle that I have. And they're like pressing on the dash and it makes slight squeaks. And they're like, oh, how annoying. I'm like... You're driving a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. You realize how much 
luxury and like privilege that you have in your life right now like some people don't even have shoes and mm-hmm. you're driving in a giant shoe of transportation so i think it's so important to just figure out where you are in life right now like if you are in the midst of oh i do want to get married i do want to have kids but um you know you're not placing a priority on that think about doing things like that if you aren't having those you know figure out your life like do i want to have to depend on a spouse companion to get me to the end of life if not make sure that you make decisions now investing getting a good college degree that's actually paying something and prepare for that time in your life i just want to say something um, real quick on that like the college degree thing like there's a lot of people out there that talk trash about you know in the investing world of like oh you don't need to go to college you don't need to do all these type things if you want to go to college and you want to do that it's fine however no matter what you're doing even if it's a good college degree like oh i'm going to go be a doctor i'm going to be a lawyer to make a lot of money what are you doing that for because that money and those things that you're doing those are all trade like you we need to stop looking at everything as a oh well i'm higher educated and these are the trade skilled people like oh people who do trades that's like plumbing or electricians you're all in a trade in a profession that's all dependent on you actually showing up to work mm-hmm. and there's this concept is lost on even people who are highly educated doctors lawyers judges it doesn't matter they go well i'm just going to work and then i have my retirement like that's it's not enough and then you don't realize it's not enough until it's too late there are so many elderly people who made great money who did well for themselves you don't we we don't pay enough attention to the old people they're locked up in their houses they're in nursing homes they're whatever and their family don't even communicate to them they're not out there on social media so their information and their life stories are not available to tell you be like hey you need more than the little bit that you're going to set aside every month mm-hmm. social security might not be there you know they're already talking about social security and medicaid running out in the next five to ten years i'm pretty sure it's going to be faster than that yeah. there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to have money to retire on and they're realizing it's not enough so you need a resource it's something that continuously pays you that you can transfer to your family to your generations it can stay in your family and it can continuously make money month after month after month i don't know many businesses that are like that or things out there like that other than real estate like this is what we harp on real estate agriculture and that's why we're getting into agriculture Mm -hmm. when we come back from our trip you have to own resources that the economy is willing to pay you for whether the whether it's up whether it's down people will need shelter people will need food people will need all of those things so if you're in that market you will never you will never have instability because you will always have a resource that the market and the economy needs and this is that's something to think about so it doesn't mean you can't be a doctor it doesn't mean you can't open that hair salon or be a baker it just means that you have to realize that if something were to happen your business that your life's work everything that you're doing the effort you put into it will not sustain economically it just won't so you have to have backup plans and so re- investing in resources 
like agriculture, like real estate, is a necessity. Food, food, clothing, shelter. Yep, food, clothing, shelter. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. Bye.